personal power, people positive, the community of connection. This is the Bob Jeswald Show. The challenge to me, I'm like, if I'm in your shoes, I'm trying to figure out, well, how the heck am I going to get the kid who's the introvert or the one who holds it or that person who holds everything internally? How do you get them to come? How to show up to one of these? Who's, how do you get someone to get that person? Because I, I'm afraid, I'm thinking the person that's like us, we're, we're obviously very extroverted kind of people. We, you know, we're open, we're okay. And thank goodness for that. And, but the one that's not, you know, I worry about that one. How do we, how do we find that person? Is it's like the needle in the haystack or is if they're. Yeah, I think, I think the number one thing you have to be able to understand is recognizing, I call them the characteristics, right? Cause symptoms okay. is, you know, a little kind of a uh, medical kind of terminology, sure. but recognizing the characteristics, this is what someone struggling with depression looks like, right? Okay. These are the characteristics. These are the characteristics of someone struggling with trauma or with anxiety. Cause once we recognize those characteristics, then we can support that individual. And if they're ex- internalizers or externalizers, um, we can be able to say, Hey, come along. You know, I have, these sub- these resources that I can share with you so that you can get the supports that you need or I'll come with you, right? I think it's 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 really important to do So that. I think even Transforming Minds Seminar yeah. mm-hmm. is great to have here because you go back to what you said before, educate, educate, educate. So we're educating people to to do these little little points to identify so we can be able to, f- to find that person that needs that. You know, you could see a child in a classroom uh, the day of this podcast, I happen to be out at a, a school farther south here. And these are these are kids, um, a, a lot of them, I don't want to say, I hate using the word at risk. Is that a good word to use nowadays? Uh, is that, it yeah, seems like that's yeah. such a negative. Yeah. What, what's a better word to use than that? I hate that word. I just, well, what would know. you say? Kids that are, un, it sounds kids like you're putting them in. support. Yeah, how they, kids that need support. You know what, there let's just go. say that. Kids <laughs> that. These kids may need a little more support and no fault of their own no. or their parents. I mean, no. these are some enlisted parents yeah. in the military that, that are, are lower ranked. They're, they're called non-commissioned officers, NCOs. They come in maybe don't have an education yeah. maybe have several kids and the mom's at home she has no outlet she's trying to balance this dad's deployed you know yeah. not, not at home most of the time easy. it's a very tough thing and i we that's why we do a lot of work with the kids there to show our support okay. using the word support there you know the kids that need support but i can identify i'm not a I don't have your degree and i don't have your experience in, mm-hmm. in that but i but they're just being around long enough you see some of these kids you look in their eyes and i could kind of see that kid God, you know they there's something going on. Yeah, absolutely. So, I mean, is that a good unction? Do you take that away and say, is that one of the checklists we may have to to find that one child? Or yeah, to to be able to recognize that. Recognize. Yes, <laughs> yes, but also be you have to be careful not to label something because that kid might yeah, be having a bad day. day. Okay, so That's true. if I think if you see symptoms like during you know if you if you're going for like weeks at a time and you're kind of seeing the same type of symptoms, but if it's an experience or you know sometimes um, if like how you said the dad is deployed so if that just recently happened then of course right that and that's normal because it's going to have an effect on the child but if you see it for a long period of time that's when you're like wait a second and then that makes makes sense but we can't ignore i think think we've uh, in this country we've been really good at ignoring things Mm, until it blows up in our face sure oh oh, you're not kidding it happens in the businesses we're in too and a lot of the local you know businesses but i hear what you're saying too let's not rush to judgment on day one you know maybe that would be a good time for me to maybe even it's okay to even say to teacher did you notice so and so she might say yeah they've been or they may have not or something like that but that that makes sense 
but you're right. We ignore a lot. It's easy to put it, sweep it under the, the you know, the, the, the mat, so to speak, under the table because, you know, right now, you know, just don't have time for it today. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's a bad place to be. And I think, too, with, with what you just said, um, maybe there's a lot of people that don't want to deal with it because they're dealing with so much mm-hmm. on their own or, you know, in their own environment that they don't want to deal yeah. with anybody else. And so that might be like ignorance. Yeah. Well, it, well, it's one of the ways that the brain responds, right? So think about this. When you're hurting or when you're struggling with some type of traumatic experience and it's too painful and you can't deal with it, your brain says, this is too painful. We need to check out. So a lot of times our brain dissociate. doesn't make us psychotic. We just dissociate because we say, this is too painful. We don't have the energy right now to deal with it. So we become numb to our reality. That's crazy. And it's it's our brain's way to... It's just a survival mode of our brain. To we dissociate. may not be doing it consciously then. Nope. nope. They say, I always thought, so it's not like somebody's like sitting there going, I'm just not going to deal because I'm just putting it out like compartmentalizing. Mm-hmm. But it's not about that. This is a physical feature of our brain yeah. that can physically shut off this emotion. Our brain dissociates, we become numb, and we kind of walk in this world in, in kind of this unrealistic kind of state. But it's also. Crazy. Uh, that dissociation of our brain of what you know traumatic experiences or memories also gets repressed and then subconsciously now we start having nightmares and all these th- but that's just the brain we don't saying, know why it's coming here. hey yeah. we've checked out temporarily or maybe yeah. during this season because right now we can't deal with this but the brain is reminding you we still need to do something about this or else it's going to have not only psychological, emotional, but even physical consequences. Leave it to the professionals yes. because this is something that I would assume that you don't sometimes want to delve into that with somebody. Sometimes you can do it and it can make people even shut off even more Yeah. if we don't know the right approach to use. So do we go, if we identify this, do we go to one of you guys? That are, and it just, again, Beatrice, your, your background, because you're certified in so many different things. What is your, just let everybody know again. No, I'm, I'm a master social, social work. Social work. Mm-hmm. So you're at, yeah, master social, MSW, and, and then uh, clinical psychologist. So they both kind of go hand in hand again. But do, what do you do? Call somebody who's in a social worker, or call somebody who's a clinical psychologist and say, hey, uh, just want to let you know, Joe Smith down the road here is at work. I think he's going to explode one of these days. Is there a way you can, or do you just try to tell me what to do or try to, or do we, you know, how do we, how do you do that? Because I think there's so many times you hear these crazy things that happen in business if somebody gets fired, they come back, you know, not everybody's yeah. going to do that. But I think a lot of that, again, is the, the employers are ignoring that. Because yeah. I can tell you, even where I work, there's things that are happening all the time. We all, we c- it's the elephant in the room for mm-hmm. God's sake. And nobody says a doggone thing about it. And you go to your people and they just don't want to touch it in fear of lawsuits or they just, you know, or they walk on eggshells around that person for whatever reason. W- w- and I know I this is where you'll let you guys handle it. How do we I deal think, with this? Um, it's, uh, and the more and more, um, you know, life is happening and the world is changing and things are occurring. Um, a lot of employers, really need to um, bring awareness um, and also implement a plan. Um, you know, 
because you just don't know when people are de- what are what they're dealing with. And so I think the mental health aspect really needs to be a part of a lot of employers, you know, employee, whether it's a, a employee assistance plan where they can get a certain amount of EAP, sessions where they sure. can go get therapy. And then, you know, from a, an employer standpoint, they can offer those. But I think it needs to be um, talked about a little bit more um, at all employment areas, especially those that are highly stressed employment areas. They need to find out whoever they insure with like the EAP, like you just said, employee assistance program, we have it, yeah. but people, they don't know, or they don't realize it's this little thing pitched, you know, it's sitting up there on a bulletin board and you got all this stuff. But until somebody physically comes in and let's talk about it, maybe have a monthly staff meeting or whatever, you know, we do with yeah. United way, they'll come in and they'll do their pitch and it's great, but we, we need to do a little bit more of that. Cause I think you're right. It's, it's, you know, just having it there. It's like an AED machine. If you go, your heart goes in AFib and how do you use the doggone yeah, thing? Yeah. It sits there, but what the heck good is it? We've never had training. There's one right in the back. Yeah, and yeah. I'm not being, being yeah. facetious, but why not? Right. Absolutely. Yeah. So the people have to know there are supports, there are resources, but uh, maybe they don't know how to access. Maybe they might need some guidance in that. Um, but also thinking about, you know, how people struggle, it, it's highly individualized. So, you know, I, I'm certified in so many different types of therapy, sure. TFCBT, EMDR, DBT, IFS, you know, think about it. Um, but I think, you know. What do they stand for? What does <laughs> those stand for? <laughs> yeah, that's my curiosity. <laughs> I just want to know what the heck those stand for. I want to see if I, if I fall in any of those categories. Well, uh, my, my kind of, uh, I think that what's really good for trauma is uh, this model called EMDR, okay. eye movement desensitization and reprocessing. Ah, right? the guy in the sand, so, did you kill that person? <laughs> oh no, of course so, not. You know, I don't, I don't so know it mimics, yeah. it mimics the way the brain, um, you know, when you're in REM sleep and you're, and you're, and you're, okay. you're, you're in your dream state, you're processing some, you know, emotional or psychological kind of either desires or, or traumas or whatever. Mm-hmm. So EMDR kind of does the same thing and it, and it helps kind of reprocess some of that uh, trauma that, that you have. But the way that our brain responds, depending on what symptoms, what characteristics the person is struggling with, it might need a a specific type of um, treatment. Like EMDR is good for trauma. You know, there are other um, models that are good for anxieties, other for relationally kind of based struggles. Because the way our brain works, I know we're on... We're on a radio, right? Or right, a podcast. Yeah. But if you think about it, if you hold We have video too. Like this one, which is good, at WRBL.com, this they're seeing you right now do this. But okay. if it's on if it's other spot you know, Spotify I heard or Audible or you know, uh, Apple, it's gonna be totally well, different. I- imagine if you're if you have your hands closed with your thumbs up and then you kinda yeah, flip it, right? Okay, see if you can get the camera. Yeah, yeah, there it is. Yeah, I'm I'm looking so, at the video of you doing so this. So this is our brain uh, our our brain uh, spinal cord, right? Okay. Then we have our brain stem we have our diencephalon, our midbrain. We have our limbic area of the so brain. And then we have our cortex, okay. which is our smart part of the brain, right? So okay. spinal cord, right, sends all the signals back and forth to from our brains to our body. That's why neurobiology, we know that our bodies and our brains are interconnected because okay. of our spinal cord. But the brain stem is the part of the brain that manages those things you don't have to think about. Breathing, heart rate, sure. you know, all those kind of auto- automatic kind of systems that we have the brainstem manages that then we have our midbrain that it has to do everything around arousal so appetite you know stuff like that and then our limbic area of our brain is our relational brain so when we're hanging out with family 
right? Where right. we're, you know, we're having a, um, a good time. We're using our limbic part of our brain because it's, it's our relational part of our brain. And then when we're in school and we're learning mm-hmm. all these kind of high level things and, and we're using our brains for, you know, making decisions, then we're using our cortex, right? So we know that neuroscience says that our brain fully matures at the age of 25. So think about how children can still be struggling with any types of, you know, social, emotional kind of conditions. How can, yeah, they're not going to be making the best decisions, right? That's sure. why I say adolescence is a psychological disorder, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah it is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we make some really, really <laughs> you know, not so <laughs> smart decisions because our brain is not fully mature. And when you think about it, the insurance companies know that. So why? You that's know, why, at, they, at that's why rates are so high. At 20, now yeah. that makes sense. So, and then that's like the Hartford. You're from Hartford, Connecticut. The Hartford. We're speaking <laughs> of insurance company here. Right. Yeah, it's perfectly yeah. fine. Okay. Also, right? Alone yeah. time is is totally fine and healthy. And and those of us who are extroverts like you and I should probably take more time like that, right? There you go, Joey. Yeah, but what I would say is we need to be able to set up more societal mechanisms for us to connect with one another and for people to be heard. One of the biggest problems that I think is is plaguing this country, this world, society right now, is that people don't feel heard. Uh, if you look at the last, I don't want to get too political, but if you look at the last, say, six or seven years that we just went through as a country, and it's not just our country, but other mm-hmm. kind of crazy governments around the world, there has been this uprising or following the wrong, so to speak, leader, because they're saying things that other people think are talking to them, but they're not. And the real things that people care about are not getting heard. And so I'll give you an example. I've, I've spent a bunch of time with get out the vote efforts. These are nonpartisan uh, efforts to make sure you saw it a lot in Georgia over right. the last few years. Oh yeah. We were the hotbed. We were, we were on the forefront. Yeah. yeah. And it's, 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 they're nonpartisan. It's to make sure that people know where their polling stations are and, and to vote. And I've had interactions where people were telling me why they didn't like one party or another party. And then it would go down the road of, oh, I don't like them because Hollywood supports them. And then I don't like that because uh, of diversity. And I said, well, what do you mean? Like, what's wrong with that? And this woman once said to me, she said, well, I don't like immigrants oh boy. because they're taking my kids' jobs. So first of all, she said, where did you learn that? She said, she said, TV. I said, you should probably turn off the TV. But uh, what I, what, what she was really saying is that no one is listening to her when she is crying out that we don't have an education system that's benefiting her kids, that give them those same jobs that that skilled workers are coming in for and taking them, whether it's at some of the big tech companies or the pharmaceutical companies. And so we need to create a platform, and, and Happy is beginning to do that, where people can actually voice their thoughts their opinions. Because what comes out of your mouth sometimes isn't exactly what you meant to say. The context is lost with a blank statement of just the the immigrants are taking our jobs. Really, like you said, she's really trying to say, hey, you know what? I I need a system. I need something to know what would be a great way for my children to maybe find a better opportunity to apply, to find some work. Instead of just saying that right away, and that could be offensive to someone else, and the wall goes up, and now we're not listening. Kind of thing. We, we you got a f- way to funnel it, like you said, to channel it, to do it, do it that way, which I think is makes sense. It, it, yeah. it, it happens all the no, it does. It happens all the time. I know, even if um, just for sake of time too, you um, have a purpose of Atlanta. It's the Atlantic Listening Academy. That's right. Yep. And the the purpose of that would that kind of parlay in what you're saying right now a little bit. How how does that work 
in that kind of situation where the left doesn't listen to the right, whether it's politics or whatever. So we can maybe all get to the same. We, we have a goal, but we're nowadays it seems like the goals are two different goals and we're going in two different directions. But before we had different methods to getting to the goal. Mm-hmm. Do you see that as a problem too? Because it's so diametric, diametrically opposed in workplaces too. I mean, and in politics, in a world like that, where the goals are so different, where we always had one goal, different methods of getting there. So that being said, does that does that Atlantic Listening Academy could that be something to bridge that a little bit, or at least yeah, respect so, it? Yeah, absolutely. The ALA teaches people at their core to listen, to understand. That's how the academics have really parsed out the ultimate skill there. And we built a full, unique curriculum around that. It is a self-guided, self-paced course that anyone can take online, like we were discussing earlier. We originally built it for our professional listeners. I also believe that this is one of the largest and going to be a growing gig sector because we can start to employ, we already have listeners around the world especially in our country, and we're just there to have other people feel heard. And the number one thing is, you know, you're from New York, I'm mm-hmm. from New York, maybe very different parts of New York, yes. but there's this thing in the Northeast where we just interrupt people because we think we're participating in the conversation. Yeah, what are you talking about? Well, you know, my last day, my daughter did the other day. No. <laughs> exactly. It's, it's like, yeah, life. I get what you're it's saying, It's my story. Right. It's the Italian-American. It's my life with Bob. It's Joanne. She's easy. I just, She doesn't say anything, so what the heck? I do all the time. Uh, I have to fill in the listening. void because she doesn't say anything, so I'm not really interrupting her. Uh, she's listening. <laughs> Maybe you're not giving me a chance to speak, Bob. <laughs> Here we go. This platform's yours. You, you know, it happened to me the other day at church. True story. Uh-huh. A guy, I was talking about my mother, her passing recently, and how, how her passing was very, it, it was great. Mom was ready, and, and she was okay with it, and it was, it, it, that's the part that really made it good for me. And I'm telling this to a woman in church who had tears in her eyes. She wanted to hear the story because she had recently lost her mom. And I don't know where this guy from Pittsburgh, he's a, I would consider him a Yankee, Northeaster, I'm like, God bless him. He just starts railing. In the middle of, like, the really important Part of the story I'm telling is, hey, but you know, my neck is still hurting. You know, I got this, <laughs> this thing going on, and I'm looking at the woman that I'm telling the story to, and she, if she could just read what she said, like, what in the blankety blank are you doing? We're in church, Dizzo. But but it is something we do. It's, 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 it's bad, and we do try to finish other people's sentences. And that being said, I'll let you finish because I did interrupt you. <laughs> No, I, Joy, I hit, Joanne agrees with a nod. Yeah. <laughs> She's doing a great job listening. And you know, what's interesting is that I, I can't see Joanne right now. Her camera's off, right? Yeah. So it's all about listening. Um, and, and so that is part of it. And, and on our, on our platform, it is audio only and anonymous. So what we see is that people are coming in and I don't know, have you ever gone to therapy before? Yes, I no, I have I, physical therapy. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, you're talking about mental therapy. I'm sorry. I I just came back from PT today. <laughs> yeah. No, so we, I, I have. I went to a counselor. I've gone to a counselor. I've talked to people. And Joanne, we that's a topic Joanne and I talked about. She's a military spouse. So go to counseling. Yeah, it's the highlight of my month. Yeah. Yeah. Go. Well, oh. there you go. So yeah. part of that, though, I mean, I wonder if you relate to this. Is this notion that you're going in to build a long term relationship with the therapist? And therefore, strangely, you have a reputation to uphold. Interesting. And it takes a while to unpack. You're sitting with them. Mm-hmm. It used to be only in person. Now a lot of it can be done virtually. But you, you don't always tell your whole story in the first session. What we have found on the Happy App 
is that people just find this comfort because it's not therapy. You don't see the person. You don't even know who they are on the listener side. And all of a sudden, 10 minutes, 15 minutes, we know the person's full story, everything they came to say, and they needed to get off their chest, that we can actually start to work through some of that stuff together. Now, to be clear, we're non-clinical. We are not right. coaching either. But the most important thing you can do is ask the good questions that help people find their own answers. And our app and our listeners do that really well. Well, who who are the certified listeners and who are the, as you just said that, because they're not, you know, not licensed practitioners or whatever, but, but, but who are the certified listeners? Our listeners really run the gamut. So we have people who are, say, lawyers and doctors and potentially even social workers. Cool. They won't cool. put their, 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 uh, actual professions out there in their bio because they can't practice under a separate license with us. Uh, but just to show you, you know, we have people with big six figure salaries. And on the other end, we have people who are doing this full time in, I don't know, maybe the middle of Alabama. Um, and, right. and that's right. Yeah, Sweet and, home and they, Alabama. Exactly. Yeah. And, and they're just as good at listening. And so people bring their own flavor, just like you find your own doctor or your own therapist or your own clergy member, right? You decide which house of worship to go to based on the opinions you're getting or the voice, right? Right? And so these people um, are incredibly patient. They do an amazing job just being in the moment with people. They listen to understand. And now most importantly, they're all certified through the Atlantic Listening Academy. So it's not just like they're making this up. They're following, at least from what we're concerned, a modality that we believe is best to build the the uh, most impactful type of conversations you can have. And that's good because I think people have to understand it's it's kind of like a certified place. It's the the bishop of the church, if you will, kind of regulate. Sure. <laughs> I must use that phrase for a little bit, but but it does help. So it's good that you guys are guided and you 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 have a, a place to do that. But if everyone's experiencing the benefits of listening, you know, how would I say how can everyone experience that? It's Bob Jeswald here. It's Joanne Kogel. We're diametrically opposed people and personalities. One listens, the other one sometimes and does all the talking. Um, that's why she hires me as one of her speakers at her, her triathlons. I was telling you, we were talking about tries earlier. It's exhausting. And he does it. Yeah. <laughs> I can talk for seven hours. I get paid for it. It's a great deal. But it's, but seriously, it's, you know, I do it professionally because I love it. But, but somebody, of all different backgrounds, uh, how can everyone experience the benefits of just sitting there listening to Happy? I got the app. I could put it on my phone. I can put it on any phone you have. You can download it through Google Play App Store, you know, and and have at it. So, and and then there's a cost involved too. We'll talk about that real quick. But but mm-hmm. how can they? How, what would be the best way to? Well, the best way to experience it is to just get on the app and try it. Just we do give it. Away 50- it's for free to everyone. Uh, you'll be so convinced that you'll actually want to pay for this. Uh, you know, the, yeah, the funny thing minutes that free. I just put it on my phone. I know she's yeah, she's doing. Go. See, she's she's listening and she's participating. I knew she was up to something, <laughs> yeah. unless it was something else. Um, she's the best type of interviewer. Yes, yeah. she is. She is. Yeah. So, fifteen um, minutes, you get a free trial for fifteen minutes. Fifteen minutes, and and then you go into any type of paid plan. Um, we have dynamic pricing, so uh, you'll have to see the price that comes up for you where you're located and sure. the amount of time. Also we do know. offer packages, and most people buy um, in one hour segments, and then they can use it either the full hour, and you can book a listener that you like, or you can start just place the call, and the clock starts ticking up. And when the call ends, then that's what you have left in your wallet for another call. Uh, what's really interesting is that we have people now who are in these, say, three-year-long anonymous audio-only relationships. They're great friends. They've worked through a lot of problems together. They don't even know each other. But because of the app, they've been coming back 
daily, weekly, monthly. Some people go up and down, you know, they have, they relationship is great. They don't need to talk. Then they break up again. So they come back and they talk, but we have helped people. These are customer anecdotes who have said, you saved my life. You got me out of an abusive relationship. I completely pivoted my career because of my happy conversations. And to the extent that we have now heard people saying, I get so much validation in my happy calls that I'm starting to reduce, if not eliminate, my therapy sessions.